Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Across the Pond WNBA Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your hosts of Across the Pond WNBA Podcast, Michelle Snow and James Scott. Welcome back to Across the Pond WNBA Podcast. It's the finals. Um, It's been a good finals. I think it's been an amazing finals. And... One thing that I've noticed, we'll we'll get into a few things in a minute, but one thing I really want to touch on is in Phoenix, what we saw were uh, on the sidelines were the Phoenix Suns players. Um, The whole team was there. It wasn't just like one or two. Uh, I've seen everyone from Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, like everyone was there. Now, I look at this in two ways. Uh, One is, in no way do I take it that they're there just because, you know, they happen to be in town. I see them being there because they want to be and they want to show support and love. And, you know, they themselves were in the finals, you know, not so long ago. So I thought this was great that they kind of turned out and supported their their hometown team. I love it. Um, Playing, one of the things you learn when you play in the league, and maybe you don't see it as much, now that you're saying it, I realize you don't see it as much. We hang out with these guys all the time. Like, we're always hanging out. So it's great to see the entire team show up to a WNBA Finals. It it was a ton of fun, like, watching everybody on the sidelines, seeing everybody who was there, and then going to Chicago and seeing the same thing, like, watching Chance the Rapper go bananas on the sideline um, and seeing how proud they were to see a Chicago team in the Finals again Um, for both sides. It helps with um, everything from getting over the stereotype of, who wants to watch the WNBA? A lot of people want to watch. It was a million all-time high with viewership with a million viewers. It's just showing that, as we said so many times, the stereotype of no one wants to watch women play sports is changing as men have children. And as they're rooting on and helping their kids, you're seeing a lot of these dads like Dee Brown, his daughter Alexis Brown, who's also in the finals. You get to see that and watch how um, successful she is as well. Like you see these dads showing up to the game and now you see the athletes showing up. And as you do these walks through the tunnel, 
I think people are going to see more and more of that. And they're going to, they're going to fall in love with it because it's a lot of fun. One thing that I, because obviously I run across the pond sports network. Uh, one thing that, that I get a lot now is requests for different types of podcasts. So I've been asked for across the pond, women's soccer, across the pond, um, softball, yeah, college softball. Like, and I, I get these requests all the time. So I definitely, and, and by the way, these requests come from dads that want to hear more about the sport that their child is playing in because they've seen us do such a good job with the WNBA that they want us to kind of branch out and do other and cover other women's leagues. So like MLS, I've never been requested to do major league soccer, but yeah, I'm getting asked to do the NWSL, which I think is amazing. Uh, and include, and in fact, women's hockey. I had like three or four requests to do women's hockey as well. Um, so I think you're right. I think, I think a lot of dads now are realizing, you know what? My girl can play sport just as probably better than I did. I think um, it's just going to get better and better as, um, as more people continue to play. You're going to see it more and more, and it's just going to get better and better for the fans and for these young ladies who um, – they want that attention and they need it and they deserve it. So why not create opportunities where they can see people supporting the sport and also where these dads can get the help that they need to get these young ladies um, the help, the training that they need in order to make it to the pros, just like a, a, um, a dad would do for his son. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's been a real change that I've seen even just in the last couple of years. Um, and we have seen obviously viewership and stuff for the WNBA increase massively. Like it's going up by what 50%. Um, I'd like to see the figures after the finals to see just how many people are watching as well. I think that's pretty awesome. So um, nah, it's been good. And, and that kind of leads us nicely onto the NBA finals themselves. Um, so we'll talk first about game two. Um, so it was a, a kind of, it was a really back and forth game, uh, which was one thing I noticed. I mean, they, the lead changed nine times. Uh, there was 12 ties throughout the game, uh, which is is massive uh, amount of ties to, to be going through and lead changes, to be fair. Uh, Brittany Griner, though, in this game, absolutely turned up like 29 points Nine rebounds, almost just like one rebound short of a double-double. Uh, Diana Taurasi, as always, the GOAT, by the way. We, we, we've not mentioned that yet. Um, she won the, the GOAT, vote for the GOAT award as well. So the only downside is obviously for Phoenix is they're missing Kia Nurse. Um, but, you know, Sophie Cunningham has, has come in and done a pretty decent job. She has. I think the beautiful part about game two was was watching Brittany Garner tie her all time high at 29 points. And the way she stepped up, she stepped up on both ends of the floor and she's doing all the dirty work, everything that needs to be done to ensure that her team um, can can win this championship. Um, game two is amazing. Uh, she dominated that game from beginning to end on both ends of the floor. Diana Taurasi shows up and just shows out as always. It was interesting to watch. Sophia Cunningham has been that player that's really been put in that spotlight in terms of she's getting the media attention that she deserves for all that she does. 
And I think it's really interesting to watch her swag. She's got tons of swag on the court and she's really helping her team to do some really great things. Yeah, um, she really is. Uh, we spotlighted her a couple of weeks back um, as well after I think the, the first round because uh, she had really had to step up. Um, game two for, for Chicago. Obviously, this was a, a loss for Chicago, 91-86. Um, but it was close all the way. And like we, we talked about the lead changes and everything as well. Um, but that pairing of Vandersloot and, and Quigley just seems to kind of rattle on and they get so much... I don't know what it is. They, it's almost as if they have a sixth sense around each other. Like they just know where the other one is at all times. And, you know, they've got really good communication. And then you add in Kaylee Cooper, who I've, I, like I've been watching all season. And, yeah, she, 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 and I've thought, yeah, she, yeah, she's really good. But she has like, people, st- I always find that someone in a final steps up she's a, I mean, she's the one that has just stepped right up, hasn't she? I'm sorry. Copper has just said that I'm a star in this league. Watch me. I'm on the biggest stage. This is when you uh, put up or shut up. And she is showing out for this Chicago team. When you get to game three, which we'll get to in a minute, I'll talk more about her, but she is in her own right, defining her stardom right now and making herself a lot of money for the, for that next contract negotiation. Oh, yeah. Chicago are going to have to put out big time. Uh, the Shields, as always, is big. Mm-hmm. And, and Stephanie Dawson, I think she comes in and she's big. She, she stretches the floor so well yes. because she can shoot threes with mm-hmm. relative ease. She just makes that, she, she, it makes Griner's calf to step out and then yes. it allows other things inside. So, yes. um, and Parker. Well, I mean, what else can you see about Candace? I mean, she just, she's a legend. She's that missing piece. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it, it is almost as if that's what Chicago have been missing all along. Um, now, obviously, there was an incident in this particular game uh, with Diana mm-hmm. Taurasi where I think she was trying to help, what is it, Cunningham? She was trying to help Cunningham up um, after Cunningham had got knocked down. And she pushed the referee, but <laughs> this is the easiest way of saying it. She, she was like, no, get out of my way. I'm helping my player. Now, you and I will know as players that if a player on your team goes down, everyone oh, yeah. rushes over to help them up. You know, it's a team thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you're a te- one team all kind of going in the same direction, all that kind of thing. And everyone goes over, helps that person up. Now, there is two parts to this. One is that's exactly what Diana Taurasi was doing. The second part is the referee positioned themselves in such a way that she was actually sta- standing over uh, Cunningham. So on one hand, like I think the referee was trying to protect Cunningham. I don't know what from. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like she was just in the wrong, I think she was in the wrong position. She shouldn't have been there. I think not certainly standing over her the way she was, um, but yeah, Diana pushed her over. She gets a fine. <laughs> it happens in the heat of the moment. Um, you're just trying to get to your teammate, make sure they're okay, pick them up and make sure, you know, you let them know the team has their back and that everyone is right there standing beside them. I've been in those situations before. I get it. Um, pay the fine. 
move on. It's the finals. Like, I know Diana right now, she's got a lot going on already with the injuries and being in the finals, the stress of the traveling, all the things she's talked about. Right now, I'm not going to, I wouldn't let something as simple as that bother me right now and keep me from my ultimate goal. She's worked way too hard. I, I think there's a baby kicking around there as well. Yes, the birth of <laughs> so, the, yeah. the second child, yeah. <laughs> so she, that was actually one thing, like when they did the whole vote for, for the goat thing and they gave her, was it Kathy gave her like a a baby grow thing um, <laughs> and it had the goat on it and stuff. And I thought that was, I actually thought it was just a nice touch um, for, for the whole thing. I thought the ceremony was was pretty good. I love the jackets, by the way. Awesome. Like the jackets look awesome. amazing. Yeah. It was a nice touch. Cool. Yeah. I thought they were really nice. And I, I don't know. I kind of wish there a bigger deal had been made. Like, I don't think the position that they'd done it in, I kind of feel like they should have done like a massive celebration before the game started kind of thing. and just had it huge. Um, Cause we can only see, I don't know. See, I don't know when it happened because we, I was watching it on League Pass. So on League Pass, it happened at halftime. Um, so I don't know if they were showing us stuff that had happened before the game. Did you see when it happened live? or? Um, it was halftime. Um, oh, so it was halftime. But there's always going to be things before and after the game as well that maybe aren't. League Pass is a little different, so you're not going to be able to see all of those things and be privy to them. And you only have so much time as well to yeah. get that celebration done. And I... I'm not going to say they, they, I mean, you can always do more. You always want it to be as crazy as possible in that moment, but I have to commend the league on, on doing a better job at actually celebrating these moments to begin with, because that wasn't happening before this year. Now you're seeing the WNBA game where you're bringing in Lisa and Tina, the coach, and you're seeing them involve more of uh, previous players and show those goats that love that they deserve. So it's only uphill from here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it was awesome. I think Kathy does a great job. Now, it must be yes. said that, um, Kathy, if you're listening, you have a voicemail on your voicemail from me inviting you onto our podcast. Um, so it's there. Have a listen. I left my number. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, don't tell me who gave me your number. Uh, don't ask me. But, you know, I've got your number. And I'm going to stalk you if you don't, you don't get back to me. Um, right. So moving on. Game three. Now, game three was a little bit different to game two. Uh, yeah, I was oh I was goodness. expecting game, like, almost like, I don't know, this is probably a bad analogy. Rocky one and Rocky two, right? Very, very close. I was expecting this. I was expecting Rocky one, Rocky two. Um, and what we got was, it was almost like a Phoenix team that had just run out of legs. It was like the, the shooting percentages absolutely way down. Unbelievable. To those games. 25%. And, yeah. And, and Chicago, 50%. Um, yes. And also hitting free throws. Um, I mean, yes. to be fair, I mean, Phoenix didn't have a lot of free throws uh, mm-hmm. compared to, to Chicago. But I just... I was really expecting... Now, this game was in Chicago. It should be noted. So, obviously, Chicago have got home court advantage. But I, there was a lot of players that just... Brianna Turner didn't score a single point. Um, Skylar Diggins-Smith, who has been big in these playoffs, seven points. 
it was just a bad game. Do you think this was just like a bad day at the um, office? I have to do two things because you always have to get props. James Ward deserves props as the coach. He's doing a phenomenal job. Their scheme is one that I've said from day one. I, you can play through the injury, but you're playing in pain. And at the end of the day, I saw that in game three after all of the travel back and forth. Um, Diana's going to get her legs back. I expect her to bounce back and be perfectly fine. But I thought, you know, part of that was the legs maybe. Part of it was the execution of James Ward saying we're going to put their top two players in this pick and roll. We're going to bring BG, Brittany, away from the basket and give one of our two top scorers a chance to ISO and take them to the basket. And it worked because Copper showed the heck out. And she did exactly what she was expected to do. DT, um, great shooter, great player, great penetrator. But she's putting DT on her heels. She has to back off because she's blowing by her. And then she's hitting the three when she backs off. So now you have that situation that I talked about earlier where when you have someone on the floor that's playing through an injury, you got to isolate them and put them in positions to where either they're going to play at 100% or you're going to use that to your advantage. That's part of the game, and I feel like James is exploiting that to the T. And I think it's uh, trickling down on the rest of the team because DT is kind of that spark plug for them as well as, as BG. And if you're bringing BG out away from the basket, you're bringing it outside of her comfort zone, number one. And now you got DT playing on her heels. Um, it made it super hard. And the other part is this, which I was shocked. You got to protect the ball. You got to protect the ball. The amount of turnovers in that game for Phoenix was unbelievable. That's why you have such a high shooting percentage for Chicago. They're pushing the tempo and their game plan is to wear them out and make them uncomfortable. And it worked to a T and ended up being one of the biggest routes in a WNBA finals history. One of the biggest. Yeah. I, I had a coach once and we lost the game and we'd only lost it by like two points or something, but we had like, 12 turnovers to their two turnovers yeah uh, and yeah the point he made right there and then was there's where we lost the game it was all on turnovers now this score line however, 17 turnovers 17 yeah, 17 17 turnovers is a lot for for one that's game. a lot especially um, phoenix yeah because they are traditionally a, a team yes. that know how to hold on to the ball um, mm-hmm. because they have great guards for a start. I mean, Degan Smith, mm-hmm. to Rossi, uh, Cunningham's been pretty good with the ball, obviously Kia Nurse as well, but um, obviously she's still, in fact, she's out for the finals. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's, that's quite a big loss. Do you think, do you think Phoenix are really starting to feel the loss of Kia? Oh, definitely. They felt that from day one, I believe. But they're strong enough to overcome it as long as they can take care of the ball. Like we said, that travel is starting to play a part in it. You see Chicago, who's resting their hats on defense. They came into the game from the very first possession in game three and set the tone. And when you look at the stat sheet, look at how everyone on that Chicago roster scored. Played. That almost never happens in a finals game. So that should tell you the amount of respect they have for each other, the respect that they have for the defense and how it wins games. And they're really just resting their hats on that and saying, we're going to do the dirty work and the hard work in order to give ourselves a chance to win. And that means they're going to tire themselves out, but that's why they're playing everyone on the roster. Here's the thing. Normally travel, um, women have to travel commercial. Um, Yes. The WNBA have made an exception for these finals. Yes. Do you think 
because they've made the exception for these finals and we've seen what amazing games they have, these have been. I mean, this has been a, such a competitive finals. Do you think that then means that the WNBA have to look at it for the regular season as well? I think they've been looking at it for a while. It's just how do we implement it in a way that it isn't advantageous to certain teams and a disadvantage to others? Yeah, because, I mean, obviously some teams can afford it uh, and some teams, you know, are, are going to maybe struggle. Like, um, I think somebody had said Indiana potentially wouldn't have the backing to be able to to kind of put on charter planes for every kind of away game and all the rest of it kind of thing. So, uh, whereas obviously a New York or a Las Vegas, um, there, there may be more potential to be able to do that. But I wonder, because the WNBA, you know, money-wise, they're in the black. Even if they could, you know help with the cost of that i mean i know then it becomes a cost and you know costs can grow over time but i wonder mm-hmm. if there is something that the w can do to subsidize that was the word i was looking for so that teams that maybe can't afford it could still manage it listen that's where you you're creative i love marketing i'm all about finding ways to monetize everything if we're looking at we need this from a team standpoint, as well as from a league standpoint, I'm looking at sponsorships with some of these private airlines and using that as an opportunity to say, let's bridge this gap. You're getting the media attention with the athletes and you know, they're going to do the walk onto the planes. They're going to post it on social media. You're getting a ton of um, publicity out of it. And the players are getting what they need in terms of being able to rest and recover as efficiently as possible. I know in college, that was the best, that was one of the best things we ever had was the private planes where we could get back and in time, be back in time to be in class and contribute to 100% graduation rate, but also just being able to give a heck of a lot more when you have that rest. So let me get this straight because I, I wasn't aware of this. So in college, you had chartered planes. Oh, yes. Tennessee, we chartered planes. Oh. See, and that, that's the thing. I mean, that's college. Now, a lot of schools do that. Yeah, but like, again, it kind of goes back to well, the W is supposed to be a professional league. So, But also it's in its, it, it was in its infancy for a very long time. Yeah. And I, I have to give them this. They got out of black faster than any other sports league, period. So what they're doing is right, is to make the first thing is let's make sure the league lasts and that we have a place for you to come in the first place. After that, then you can build upon that foundation and say, okay, how do we maximize this opportunity? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely the way forward. And I think hopefully, and, and I remember someone did bring it up. I think it was Miles uh, picked up when he came in uh, on the show. And, and that was one of his quest- things that he would change if he was commissioner uh, for the day. He would, that was one thing that he would change. Is make Easy sure to say that before you see the operating budget. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. But, you know, yeah, money. What's money to people? Um, so yeah. anyway, <laughs> but I like your idea. I love the idea of oh, man. monetizing the flights so that, yes. you know, you know, players taking their pictures, they go on the plane or in the plane yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That's a great idea. Yeah. That is, Absolutely. That is, I mean, you are a marketing guru. Uh, back to the game, though. Uh, I'll send in my invoice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, one person who kind of stood out to me coming in off the bench was Diamond Shields. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I, I say that she she kind of caught my eye on this game. She tends to catch my eye in most games because yeah. she is an impact player that comes in off the bench yes. and, and a pretty stacked um, Sky team. Obviously, Copper was absolutely outstanding. She was sitting 60% from the field, yes. 67% almost from three-point, uh, which is pretty amazing, 100% from mm-hmm. three-pointer. Uh, she was everywhere in this game. She was picking up steals. I mean, she scored 22 points. Um, one thing that Candace has talked about recently is coming home uh, to Chicago. And this really seems to be something that has paid off massively for her. And, yes. and more than one, more and more than just kind of being in the finals. Absolutely. I thought it was really interesting. Um, there was an article that came out came out on why she went back home and the process of saying, I'm going to move away from Sparks um, and go back to Chicago and do it, you know, in my home state. Listening to her talk about, it's a book that I think everyone should read, Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, and it just talks about having a fixed mindset, allowing things to always be the way they have been versus with the growth mindset, you're always challenging yourself. If you're always challenging yourself, you're always reaching new goals. And that's one of the things Candace has done extremely well, whether that's in basketball, business, whatever. And she sat down with some of the greats. Like she went and talked with Vanessa Bryant, um, who's a close friend of hers now, Kobe's wife. Um, And then she went and talked with D Wade and who's from Chicago and talked about when he left and went to Miami and, you know, and did his transition. And I think it was interesting to hear her talk about how much of, how much thought went into her making that decision, being away from her daughter and then being able to be home and seeing her play in front of her home fans and being around her family. And then just saying like, how do I always put myself in a position to be better? And it's to challenge yourself. Let's go do something that, that isn't as easy in LA that, you know, Chicago has been eluded, eluded from for a very long time. So I thought it was really interesting to see her make that decision and say, you know what, I'm gonna take my efforts back home. And I want to do what it takes to put Chicago on the map. And I feel like she's done a phenomenal job with that. Yeah, no, oh, there's absolutely no question. Uh, I know that obviously at the beginning of the season, she was injured and she had a few, a few issues in that regard. But yes. like, and I think I said, either one of us said it at that point when she was off injured, she was present because she was at the game. She was at training. Uh, she was talking to her teammates, even though she hadn't like dribbled a ball with them yeah. uh, so to speak she was still there cheering the team on like even when she was on the sidelines which I think was important I think we, we spoke about that before with other players as well and how important it is especially when although she's the hometown girl especially because I mean this is effectively a new team like yeah. no one although people obviously all you guys kind of talk and everything else um, it's different when you become teammates so I think that's really yeah. good another player that's done that and and did it the right way uh, was Alina Deladon when she moved back to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, yes. she moved back because she had kind of personal reasons for moving back, and and that's one thing that I think W fans kind of appreciate that um, they appreciate the people that kind of want to kind of go home because I know that Alina when she went back to Chicago for Washington, um, you know she would 
sometimes unfortunately you, you kind of get booze from certain quarters of of fan bases but yeah. like that just doesn't happen in the w because i think i don't know if i, I sometimes feel like like candace and elena are good a good kind of stories because they really articulated the reasons as to why they were moving and what it meant for them and I think that they got that across really well. And that's why the fan base is, you know, yeah, no, hands up. You know, you want to go home and we understand why. And I think... I can solve the narrative. Yeah. And I think that's really good. And I think in professional sports, sometimes when a player moves and they move home, it's, oh, you're a homer. You don't want to be with us. Like, why <laughs> did we even draft you? Like, and you do get that. Like, you hear it all yeah. the time. Uh, but I think that's that's one thing that, about the W that they have been very good at controlling the narrative, being upfront and honest is, is like, I don't know why more people don't do it. Um, but like, that's something that I think appeals to fan bases. And I think that's why people like the W so much more because they do feel like they're going to be told the truth. And that's what a lot of people like. And, and unfortunately in this day and age, it's un, unusual to happen uh, because usually there's lots of smoke and mirrors and everything else. So uh, especially if we start getting into politics, but moving on from that, uh, but no, I, I love um, Candace's move to Chicago. It's been a real boost for Chicago. Um, obviously they've not had a, a championship yet either. So that's huge. Um, even the Bulls haven't had a championship since the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to dig that in anymore. Uh, so, but moving forward, we do have a game tomorrow in Chicago, and oh, after the game we just had, which was eighty six fifty to the sky, there's two. I guess there's two ways of looking at this. One, I'm really worried because I really don't want to see a final game that is just a blowout like we just had. I really wanted to get it back to like that game two intensity. Um, Cause obviously by the fourth quarter, we were kind of like, yeah, you're just playing everyone. Uh, what does the Mercury have to do uh, to get this, get this series back on track? Honestly, they got to take care of the ball. Number one, they got to take care of the ball. They got to find a way to protect um, DT on on the de- defensive end as well man if they can take care of the ball help dt in those iso situations i don't know if they're going to send backside help whatever they got to do um to kind of alleviate her with all the, the injury and the pain that she's playing through i think that will help but taking care of the ball is first and foremost when they took care of the ball look at game two they dominated. They did extremely well. They were able to shoot the percentages that they want, but those turnovers translated into easy baskets, which is why everyone was able to score on Chicago. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt and uh, adjust for game four, which I know that they will. I hope that they will. And we'll get to see that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now, at one thing that's come up a couple of times is obviously we start talking about finals MVP. Um, now, Candice Parker's not really been talked about, and neither is Diana Taurasi. Uh, but Kaylee Copper, she is being talked about, and it's not really a surprise. I mean, she has been lights out in this series, hasn't she? Man. Woo! They're going to get paid, okay? She's going to get paid. All she has to do is keep up, keep showing up, 
and doing her thing. She's a fun, energetic player to watch. Um, I love watching her in interviews. She's, she's just a lot of fun. She's an energy player, which you need. And she doesn't back down to anyone or anything. So her swag on the court is a ton of fun. And when you look at the range of her game, she can get to the bucket. She knows how to play defense. She prides herself on defense. And she can extend the defense as well. She's showing that she has the ability to turn herself into a superstar in this league. You know what I love is see after she scores a three, it's almost as if she floats along the court, like back on defense. <laughs> like she's just kind of bouncing around. And you're right. Her energy is, and it's infectious as well. Like you can yes. tell because like she'll be running down. I think it was Vandersloot. She was running alongside and Vandersloot kind of looked, sometimes she looks quite serious and like she looked quite serious and she turned around and she seen Copper kind of floating along towards her and like even Vandersloot mm-hmm. like cracked a big massive smile. So yeah. yeah, I think, I think someone like that, having that in the locker room and on the court is, is awesome. Um, and she has been amazing. I think she's well worth uh, an MVP shout for for the finals. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be tight. I think it will be back to that kind of game two where it's going to be really, really tight. Do you think Chicago can wrap this up tomorrow night? Oh, absolutely. It's a possibility. If um, Phoenix doesn't show up, they don't take care of the ball. They're going to make Chicago's job extremely easy. And the last thing you want to do is the start of game four is going to be super important, how they start that game. So, you know, Chicago's going to come out. They want to step on your neck. You already know that it's coming. You got to be prepared to withstand that first quarter and have a very strong first quarter that you can carry over throughout the rest of the game, knowing that they're going to come at you, knowing that the ref is now watching, pushing and all the crazy stuff. There are a lot of things they got to watch out for. But I think if they start strong and just play their game, they'll be fine. But they got to take care of that basketball, probably dump it inside and and force Chicago to uh, adapt to them as quickly as possible as well. Get that ball in the grinder, let her go to work to start off. Um, allow her to get that double team, which opens up the floor for Sophie, DT, and everyone else, Skyler, to get their shots. And it makes everyone else's job easier. And I think that flows throughout the game. On the other hand, just know Chicago is not going to make it easy for you to pound that ball inside. They're going to look to double strip the ball and get easy baskets on the other end. So. Start of the game is going to be huge. I guess we're going to see who still has the most energy. And the energy team wins game four. Whoever comes with the most energy is going to win game four. Yeah, uh, I think from my perspective, uh, Chicago have won the first quarter of the last two games. And, you know, obviously they lost one in overtime. But um, I really think that, you know, this could be a, a drawn-out game. Can it be pushed to a game five? I'm not really too sure. I think Chicago might just be, they might just be too strong. However, if it is to go to a game five, it goes back to Phoenix midweek. I think it's Tuesday. And that will change the dynamic because yes. obviously then Phoenix are then the home home team and they have the home crowd. And I'm sure the Phoenix Suns players will be there again. Um, if it goes to a game five, do you think it's literally going to be the toss of a coin? as to who, who comes out the win? Or does that home court advantage really push Phoenix over the edge? 
I mean, you can have the home court advantage and all of those things, but I think Chicago is coming in with the underdog mentality, although they kind of look like they're not. They've been the underdog all along. I don't think they're going to rest their laurels on whether they're playing at home or in Phoenix. They're going to come and try and wrap it up tomorrow and on Sunday. And then if it has to go to a game two, they know right now they got to be feeling great. James has got to be in that locker room telling his players, like, listen, when we put them on their heels and when we play our defense and we get those easy turnovers, look how we play as a team. Everyone's scoring. Everyone's happy. Uh, Copper's out here smiling and giving everybody tons of energy. Um, Candace, you got a point to prove. You've been snubbed all year. You've got the, the Olympic snub. You've got all these different things. People were saying she couldn't come back to Chicago and win. Chicago has a ton of ammunition and things that they're still allowing to ignite them. And I do not see them letting up. I don't. It doesn't matter if it goes to game four or five. They're going to come ready to play. Oh, definitely. Do you think it's one of those things? I, I mean, this is an old British thing where, you know, something would be said in a newspaper, like an opposite like from from another team would say something it'd be a big oh, yeah. headline in the newspaper the coach would come in the next day and like paste this thing to the wall and just be like that's our ammunition that's it do you think he's just had that stuff on the wall all year long like Candace can't win at Chicago um all that kind of stuff up on the wall and that's what they've just they've used that to feed their thirst to get to these finals and win I don't know if he's posted it on the wall, but I, I'm sure as a coach, he knows who can take that and use that as ammunition and who cannot. Because um, some people fold when you tell them that kind of stuff. So you got to know what type of player you're dealing with. Candace, Pat did that at Tennessee. You go to the bathroom and she'd have the articles on the on the bathroom stall. So, I mean, she's used to that. I wouldn't be surprised if she, I did it. I took every article, every comment you made. I kept a notebook and I would just write stuff down. And when I came into that game, I wanted to take your head off your body. I'm sure Candace is doing the same thing, especially when you're disrespecting her game and all that she's done for the game. This is her opportunity to say, hey, all I have to do is stick to this growth mindset, keep doing what I'm doing and allowing my teammates to be fueled with my expertise. Like she has so much expertise on how to win and what it takes to win. I'm sure she's sitting in the office with James and they're plotting on like how do we get everyone how do we keep them motivated how do we keep people going and how do we um make sure everyone's confidence stays high at the same time definitely um just for the record I've only ever said nice things about you so my, my head can, can stay on my shoulders cheers uh right that is that's I mean that's game four it's tomorrow and it is it's winter go home really pretty much yes. so um because if they if chicago win phoenix go home if chicago yeah. lose phoenix still go home because they've got the next game at home so yeah. it's it's all to play for um it's been an amazing amazing finals it's been really some really of the good. Be- one of the best yeah in fact i think the whole playoffs has been pretty good to be fair um i don't think there's really been a bad game in there um what we'll do next week is we will kind of do a bit of a season review, obviously talk about the finals themselves, um, and then we'll start to talk about players that are, uh, so, I mean, some are actually already abroad. I've seen the Samuels yes. and sisters are already in Europe. So uh, we'll start to talk about players that are going abroad, where you can maybe see them, yes. uh, because they are pretty much 
I mean, it's a bit like, I think I mentioned this before, it's a bit like the, the film Armageddon when they kind of all leave the oil rig, they all fly off to different parts of the world. Um, it's pretty much that with the WNBA. Once the season's done, they, these these women are, are off, you know, continuing their career in other countries. So uh, we will try and follow them as best we can. Uh, and hopefully with time differences and time zones and stuff, we can start bringing you to them onto the show as well. Um, so we can hear both about them playing in the W, but also playing what it's like to play abroad. And um, we've obviously heard from Michelle um, and what it's like to play abroad. Um, I mean, you at this time of the season, were you kind of just getting your bags packed and kind of ready to go? Yes, you have like a week, maybe, if that. Because if you're in the playoffs, your ability, if you don't make the playoffs, you might have like a month, three weeks to a month. If you're in the playoffs consistently, you may have a week or two. And you got to have your bags packed, get there. And as soon as you get off, you got to pass physicals and show that you're in shape, which you are because you just finished playing. Um, it's a whole nother world. I think it'll be great for fans because it's some of the best basketball played overseas as well. It's amazing to see the atmosphere. It's just letting them know how to follow their favorite players. You know, a lot of teams are putting their stuff on YouTube now, which is good. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was when you, you said is Chicago putting things on the bathroom stall. Please believe Phoenix is probably doing the exact same thing. You think DT isn't reading that people are questioning the injury and if she can play through it, if she can defend through it. Um, things we've talked about. I think both teams are doing that and both teams have shown everyone in the world they are capable of overcoming all the nonsense, hushing out the crowd, the papers and everything because they've both just been upsetting people all the way to the finals. So it'll be interesting to see which team takes it more personal and is able to execute, um, leverage that and execute on the court. Oh, definitely. And, and just for the record as well, um, DT, I have not said anything bad about you. Uh, <laughs> again, DT is man. cool people. You got to shoot it straight. She's going to shoot you straight. <laughs> oh, yes, I have heard. But uh, yeah, uh, but for the moment, we will, we will leave it there and wrap it up. Uh, thank you again for joining us. And we will be back next week, as I say, looking at the finals, how they have panned out, uh, doing a little bit of review of the season, what's went well, what could be built upon, who's, which teams to look out for next season. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll start getting into those uh, players that are, are flying around the world, um, you know, earning a paycheck. So, uh, which is what they got to do. Until next week, thank you again, Michelle, and we'll catch you later. See you guys next week. You've been listening to Across the Pond WNBA podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.